Welcome to the Providence Community Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you would like to stay connected with us, download our app, Providence Community, or visit our website, providencecommunity.org. All right, am I on? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, man. Okay. Yes, these shoes were a birthday present from my family. I'm wearing them proud today. How are we doing? Everybody okay? All right. I was uh, just blessed this morning. Um, you know who really got my attention? Uh, the guy on the drums, that's Robbie. He's one of the interns, uh, interns here. Do you want to hear what uh, I was uh, sensing about? I don't know where Robbie is right now, but I, I just, we all experienced his, uh, his gift this morning. But I was sensing that he's not just gifted and anointed and talented and passionate, but he's, he's actually a, uh, a leader of the charge, you know? And, and so when you get people like that, what he's really doing is, is that the drumbeat is, is the, the battle cry. And so, uh, yeah, so I would say be praying for that guy because he's got, uh, he's got a lot more on his life than the ability to beat uh, skins of drums, all right? And so, so Lord, we, we get behind people that you, you're raising up in this hour uh, to lead us forward in, in a kingdom advancing way. And uh, young people, God, like Robbie, God, we, we celebrate and we champion them on. And so, God, we just pray that you call them forth into the dreams and the callings that you have on their life. And right now, God, I know that there's so many of us that, that don't need anything else than to hear from you. We just need to hear from you. We just need to meet with you, God. So as you're inviting us into you and your heart, uh, we invite you to just come and do whatever you want to do. You are the Lord of our lives. We don't make the rules. You make the rules. So come and make the rules in our lives, we pray. And we bless you, and we uh, are happy in you, and uh, we just love being your kids. And so we, we uh, ask all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We <laughs> Work with me today, guys. Wow, I, I'm completely losing it uh, emotionally. I'll take that as a good thing. Hey, a, a few Father's Days ago, uh, my family likes to give me gifts, um, not only the shoes, but they also gave me this big picture. And uh, there are three words on this, this big framed art. Uh, I said, dreamer of dreams. Dreamer of dreams. That was encouraging to me to receive that from my family, so from my wife and my kids, that they recognize um, the uh, calling on my life as, as the father at home, a husband, um, but also the way that God's used me throughout my life. He's used me as a dreamer of dreams, and so for me to see my kids say that, and then my wife say that, uh, I, I took that, and uh, we used to have a big map of the world over the, the mantle. I, I just took that down, you see, and then I put the dream of dreams over the mantle, and it would, uh, it would encourage me to be who I am in the, with, the, with the life that God has given me, Right? I want to tell you, though, about 2020, um, the dreamer of dreams in 2020, though, uh, kind of called to me in a different way. It's kind of like the Jumanji drum. I, I, it's not like the new Jumanji. Uh, you know, that one's fun to watch. It's like the old Jumanji, the doom jika doom jika You know, it's like calls to you. And, and the night, it, it would call to me. And I remember getting up in the morning and staring, this year in 2020, and staring at that dreamer of dreams thing. And there was, there was something new that, that crept into my heart and my mind that was just like, I think those days are over. You guys ever been there? I'm just being honest this morning. But I would look at that, I would say, dream of dreams. Like, I can't dream dreams anymore, Jesus. What are you, 
Are you kidding me, Jesus? Like, now I have to put out fires. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fire putter outer of fires. Uh, now, I, I'm, a, uh, I'm a, a, a manager of fights. <laughs> I, I'm, a, hey, I, I'm, I'm a beggar to be biblical. I'm not a dreamer of dreams. And I think that one of the things that God did, I, was, I had a discipleship group uh, that I meet with every other Thursday, and I just five minutes, and it was met this past Thursday, and I just took a, a quick little walk five minutes before I met with the group, and I just said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do tonight? And immediately, the Holy Spirit dropped into my heart and my mind, uh, ask people what their calling and their dreams are. Oh, man, I haven't talked like that for quite some time. And so I walked into the room, and I, and I just said, you know, it was actually confirmed. Uh, one of the guys, uh, Dennis Zekini, started talking about this. And I said, but you know what? Uh, that's just what God told me to talk about. And some good stuff really broke loose in the house because I, God has dreams for his church that have not died. And I think that one of the things that has to happen in the church again is and we, need to, we need to stop oiling our guns, stop sharpening our knives, stop collecting canned goods, and we need to get out of our bunkers and we need to be the church. And we actually need to say, God, what is your heart? God, what are the dreams of your kingdom? God, what are the ways that you want to use me in a dark day? Do you know that the darker it gets, that we who are a city on a hill shining the light of the gospel to a wicked and broken world, that's, that's better ministry. So just because it's harder doesn't mean that it's worse. It's better. It's better for the church. The harder life gets for the church, the better that is for the gospel. The more desperate people get for answers, the better that gets for the gospel. And God, God wants to reactivate, reignite, and reawaken dreams in the hearts of his church again. I am absolutely convinced of that. And I've seen, though, that how dark times can get people to uh, move from dream mode into survival mode. And in survival mode, you only think about yourself. In survival mode, you only think about those nearest and dearest to you, and you do, you do what the church was commissioned to never do, and that's begin to just focus inward and don't focus with eyes of compassion. Jesus, when he looked at Jerusalem, the city that stoned and killed those he sent to it, Jesus cried over the city. And so when, when rebellion happens in the world, Jesus doesn't get angry. He cries. He cries. And he rides on a donkey into the city and dies for the city that he knew would kill him. Is it very interesting that, that what brought us life was the martyrdom of Jesus? It's very interesting. And we must return to this, and I really believe that, that the Father is doing this wonderful thing, and he's inviting his church to dream with him again, to dream with him again. I feel like he, he wants to pull us up on his lap, and he, he wants to kind of pat on our back, and he wants to say, boy, what are your dreams? What are the dreams that you haven't dreamt for quite some time? What, what are the things, do you remember the things that I put in your heart as a child? Do you remember some of the things I put in your heart in 2019 that have already died? I'm in the business of bringing things back to life. We've got to dream again. 
Do you want to dream again? I think God is inviting us to that. In a day where we don't hear much good news, I think God is working through the church as the stewards of the good news to begin to dole it out magnificently. Good news. And some of the good news that we bring, and some of the, well, of course the good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know that, that the gospel says that it's not that we're basically good people in need of more education. You know that? That's a false gospel. Here's the gospel. You're dead in your sin, and you need to be raised to life in Jesus. And that only happens through faith in Jesus, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. This isn't moralism. This isn't just spirituality. This is dead people rising. That's the gospel. And so we have that message, but many times the, the way that that message is presented is through the dreams that God pours out on the people. And I believe that one of the things that the church can do is that we can remind people that even though it is dark, God is a God who has plans for the future, and they're not dark plans, they're great plans. I know, they're Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, and many of us know this. You, you don't even have to be saved to know this one. Like, you, you, find, you find this at Walmart on stuff because it sells. You know why it sells? Because it's true. And people are hungry for what's true on a dark day. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Not suggests the Lord, not, you know, declares the Lord. I have plans for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. There's a lot of plans in the heart of God. And the seasons like this, those plans of God, they rip us out of survival mode into dream mode again. God plans on taking good care of you, my friends. He's, he's planned that. He's, he is not figuring out how. He's always known and he wants to take good care of you. That word prosper you and not harm you. Um, that is, that is some, of, some of your Bibles translate that word, um, God has good plans for your welfare. That word is actually the Hebrew word shalom. And shalom is all aspects of peace God has plans for you. All aspects of plenty God has plans for you. All aspects of provision God has plans for you. In other words, God has really great plans from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes to take Take really good care of you. He who raised you to life knows how to sustain your life and call you into the deeper things of God, into your future. So God plans on taking good care of you and God is planning for your future. This is not time to despair. This is in fact time to hope and to believe God. Believe God. Woo! 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 3 says the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. I love that song. I've seen you move. You move, you move the mountains, and I believe you're going to do it again. Hey, how many times, if God was faithful in our past, listen, he's not going to stop being faithful. He can't, because he is faithful. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Every attempt that the enemy has to take you down, the church down, your family down, your job down, all things down. All the attempts that the enemy has to blind people and malign people. God has plans to establish us against his attack. He knows how to beat a foe he's already beaten. 
So there's things that God wants to establish. So there's areas where God wants to tear down the the works of the enemy in your life. And and I think that God is pulling us on his lap this morning and saying, do you want to be a part of that or do you want to keep sharpening your knife? Do you want to, you know what, like here's the thing, as as a gun owner, like I'm not against them, okay? I'm just saying, when you decide to take matters into your own hands and that is your fallback position, that is called manual override in the kingdom, God, you've obviously failed. I've got this. I've got this. And if you sharpen your knife more than you hit your knees, I would say, I'm inviting you to dream with God again today. See, the one of the ways that God reveals his plans for the future that he has is he puts dreams into dreamers' hearts. And the great thing about being a dreamer is anybody can you may be the most organized person in the world, and God can give you a dream. The dream dreams are not just for people who don't like to do, all right? Um, but the world tells us, man, don't be a dreamer. You got to be a doer. Dreamers just, wow, it's the doers that actually make things happen. Well, what would the doers have to do if the dreamers didn't dream? So you've got to dream. And just because you love to dream doesn't mean that you don't like to do. It's just like you like to do what God dreams You don't like to do whatever you want. And dreamers say, God, you know what? I'm going to wholeheartedly do whatever you dream. Doing starts with dreaming. And we have to relearn that in the church. So dream again. Dream again. Preach to your heart. Preach to your own soul right now. Soul, wake up. Activate. Dream again. We need to dream better dreams than we've ever dreamt. We need to, a, a, a great dream or a great vision is just an answer to a really bad problem. So if there's really bad problems in God's heart, he's got really great dreams to counteract those really bad problems. And this is how the church needs to think. I, I want to tell you this, the, the reason, and Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, that, uh, did I just make up a new book of the Bible? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Well, the, the, the evil one is terrified of a dreaming church. And so God wants to, to give us dreams again that will tear down what the enemy is doing. I really believe that this season is not a season to plan for survival, but to dream with God. How many of us, we want to start dreaming with God again? God, what do you want to do in the future? Uh, God, it, what, and here's the, the dream is not to go back to normal. The dream is to have a much better normal. All right, our dream can't be something from the past. God is doing a new thing and he wants, he wants any new fire in our hearts because of the, the uh, what, what's the word? The, this season is kind of burning out of us and surfacing some stuff. He wants to take all of that and he wants hotter, wilder dreams. So turn with me uh, to Genesis chapter 37. This is one of the first places where we see how a, a dreamer works. And many of us know this story. It's the story of Joseph, not Joseph, the earthly uh, you know, father of Jesus. But this is Joseph in the coat of many colors. This is Joseph, the son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Joseph was one of Jacob's 12 sons. 
And Joseph was a dreamer. Starting in his teenage years, he started actually receiving dreams from God. And, and here's the wild thing, is that God was giving this young man dreams, even though he was a part of a family that, while they had the promise of God on their future, the family was an absolute, total mess. And I get excited about stuff like that. I'm like, oh, really? There's, there's messiness there, and God still used them? Big time. Oh, good. I mean, listen, it, just because your family is weird doesn't mean that God doesn't want to give you dreams, all right? Like, there's, there's, not, there's not these pre-qualifications that uh, unless you can go back 15 generations and go back and actually be re- related to one of the apostles, God doesn't use you. Well, that's not how it is at all. God loves to meet people right in the mess. And the mess in this situation and Joseph's family was his dad operated in favoritism. Uh, He had multiple wives. There was rivalry in his own house. There was massive jealousy. And that massive jealousy even brought murder and lying and all kinds of crazy stuff into the family. And so this is the context here. And so Genesis chapter 37, you see that in in the midst of the mess emerges a dreamer, teenage boy named Joseph. Now look at this, Genesis chapter 37, starting with verse 5, going to verse 11. Here's what it says. Now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Well, why did they hate him to begin with? Well, because there's, there's a favoritism in the house. Joseph's dad liked him the most. Okay? So they hated him to begin with. And now, now Mr. Special Pants is now receiving dreams from God. Oh, this is great. This is really great. I, we love this. Yeah, tell us more, Joseph. Um, so, and then verse six. So he said to them, and here's the other thing too. He's, I, I, I don't know if Joseph was a jerk at this time and God had to work that out of him over the years. I don't really know. Maybe Joseph is just an extreme truth speaker, but he at least doesn't have a clue on what his words are going to do to people's hearts. They're gonna make him feel bad, but he doesn't get, he just, he has a dream. He just shares it with everybody. All right? And so I'm not even saying Joseph's right, but I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying this is, this is how it is, how it was. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, I love how he used to behold a lot. <laughs> Look at this, guys. Uh, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. <laughs> how special this dream is, brothers. And verse 8, his brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Now he was, there's 12 brothers, he was number 11. All right, not, not, not one, not two, 11. And then he had the youngest one was named Benjamin. Um, so, or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now look at verse 9. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, The sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, even now his father gets in on this. Now this is, this is, uh, Joseph is his daddy's bright, shining little special boy, all right? And he gives him a coat of many colors and all this. But now even his dad is upset at this dream and his father rebuked him. That's strong language for how he handled his son and the the declaration of this dream. And he said to to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? 
Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. Like, this is weird, this is probably a little disrespectful, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm filing that one away. Maybe there's something on it. Maybe he sensed that God was on it. I don't know, but I know the first thing that the dream did was offend everybody. And so I want to talk about dreams. When you begin dreaming dreams, listen to this, you're going to have to just be okay with this. If you're dreaming a God dream, not just your own dream. And we could, that could be a whole nother message. I'm not inviting you to dream your own dreams. Okay, we don't need what's inside of you. We need you to emulate what's inside of God. Okay, so I'm not asking you just to dream dreams. I'm asking you to say, God, give me yours and I'll carry them all of my days. So, but when you do that, your dreams may not be received well. And just because they're not received well doesn't mean that God's not in them and on them and all around them. Just because they're not received well doesn't mean that God didn't originate them. There is no promise that, and there is no way of kind of putting things through a system that, okay, if my dreams are received well, then that means they're from God. But if they're not, they weren't from God. No, God dreams may not be received well at all. You see, the brothers here are jealous. The father is offended and rebukes him, even though his dreams were true and accurate and from God. And we've actually, I talked about this for a moment, but we've actually been trained that doing, not dreaming, is closer to God's heart. I think these guys are out in the field and they're, they're doing all of this work and they begin to call their little brother the dreamer and they're using it as a derogatory name. Okay, he's, he's just a dreamer. But what if you're, what if, your doing is not even close to God's dream. We've got to say, hey, God, what are your dreams? I'm going to walk in them. I'm going to carry them. Even when I don't get it right, I'm, I'm not going to let it go. And even if I'm not well received, I'm not going to let your dreams go. Some of you have a greater, and some of us, listen to this, God's, God wants to bless us with this. God wants you to be encouraged and strengthened by his heart for you, and he's entrusting you with a dream of your heart, and his voice has to be louder than everybody else's. And some of you have, have allowed God dreams to die because people di around you didn't like your God dreams. Listen, pick them back up, dust them back off, and start going after them again. Your dreams may not be received well, and that is just okay in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Um, listen to this. But you, the, your dreams have potential to die over time. Okay, let me just say it again. Your dreams have potential to die over time. And I think that this is, you know that one of the fruits of the spirit is patience. We have this idea that if God gives me a dream today, tomorrow, I, I, I better be walking in it. And whoever stands in my way is anti the heart of the father. Well, that's not true. God may give you a dream as a boy that you don't walk in until you're 40. And that's actually what God did in Joseph's life. Joseph had a whole series, years and years and years. It's actually 11 years at least until he actually even got out of jail. Being forgotten about for years. Being, God, where are you? And many of us were, when God doesn't activate our dreams when we wanted, we retire those dreams and almost spite God. 
Almost get angry at God. Say, God, I thought for sure you told me this. Other people confirmed this in my life that I trust. I don't know where you are 11 years later. And God is still there. He's working in you to be a, a more faithful vessel that he can use because that is as important as the dream itself. There's the dream, then there's the time between. And it's that time between that often our dreams die. And God's calling to the church and encouraging us, don't let the dream die. I want to raise you to more life. I want you to live more, to be a more faithful steward of this dream. So the, the time between the dream and the fulfillment of the dream itself can actually make a dream die as well as other people not liking your dream. Okay, it's the time between when we let go of God's dreams, and that's usually when we go into what I have already called manual override. We say, okay, God, I got this. And how many of us have jeopardized other people's lives <laughs> and our own callings <laughs> because we've said, okay, I'm just going to do this one on my own? Don't do that. God has better things for us, guys. Listen to this. I, I, I just pray patience over each one of us. I just, I, I pray that if it was a God dream, you're not gonna supply the power to do it and just learn to wait and just learn to wait and say, God, I don't care how long it takes. I'm gonna hold on until you give the green light. All right, so Genesis chapter 41, then here's what happens. Here's the time between for Joseph. He dreams a dream, but then his brothers try to kill him. One of his brothers says, let's not kill him. Let's sell him into slavery and let's make a dime. And so they do that and they, they sell him into slavery. And then they, then they lie to their dad. They kill a, an animal. They spread it, that, the, the blood of the animal over Joseph's coat of many colors. And they take it back and they hated their little brother so much that they're willing to break their dad's heart by saying, your favorite son is dead. And so the dad thinks he's dead. The brothers know that he's been sold into slavery. And now Joseph finds himself in, a play, in, in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was a rich man and he was falsely and wrongly accused of something that got him in jail. And while he's in jail, he's interpreting other people's dreams and people are being released from jail saying, Joseph, I'll never forget about you. But they do forget about Joseph until Pharaoh has a dream and nobody can interpret it. And then Joseph is remembered and he's brought into, listen, this is, this is the moment, the, the faithfulness of Joseph over all of these years of being mistreated and forgotten and falsely accused, the faithfulness of staying true to the heart of God is what actually gave Joseph the platform to operate in the dream that God has for him. So Joseph is invited to interpret Pharaoh's dream and, and it results in a, uh, an, an interpretation from God that makes a world of sense because it was true and it results in Joseph being taken from a dungeon to being second in the land of Egypt. Woo! So many, many of us, our dream is to be second in the land of Egypt. <laughs> You know, and, and here Joseph never dreamt of power. Joseph just wanted to be used. He, he proved that by his faithfulness to God over all of his life. And so what happened then, as Joseph then is second in the land of Egypt, is he's able to make preparations for a coming famine that threatened to wipe out the whole land, including his family. And so what happens is, is that, um, that Joseph actually is, uh, is the man with the plan to save people in the land. It's interesting that what made Joseph's brothers angry is Joseph being elevated by everybody else was actually their salvation. 
some of the things that we're angry at is actually God's answer and his plans for the future. And we just don't see it now. It feels bad now. But I promise you, if God's on it, it's going to be great then. Joseph's dreams, listen to this. Joseph's dreams were not ultimately about Joseph. And here's the thing that's going to differentiate your life uh, in, in, uh, in dreaming with God from just dreams in general is that your dreams cannot ultimately be about you, making much of you, making much of you, making a whole lot of you. <laughs> Joseph's dreams were not ultimately about him being bowed down to. Joseph's dreams were ultimately about being used to save people. You see this? So it's a God dream when it's bigger than you, much bigger than you, and, and it saves the world. We talk about dreams that, well, I just want to see the whole world saved. Well, that is in the heart of God. God can do that through you. Do you know this? The dreams that God's calling you to are not just you having the job that you want and, and, and you know, being respectable and being respected and, and even using your gifts. God wants to use your life to save lives. God wants to use you to save people. Those are kingdom dreams. Kingdom dreams impact the world. Kingdom dreams impact other people's lives. Kingdom dreams, the, the dreamer doesn't even care if he or she is remembered. He just cares that God got the glory by saving people. Woo! The dreams that God is inviting us to dream have to be bigger than ourselves. This is, I, I like to call these dreams, like, you know that your dream is a God dream if your dream is on fire. You know that? If your dream is on fire. Dreams on fire, here's what they are. Jesus, when he was about to ascend back into heaven, he had gathered his disciples. He, he said, he told them, don't leave the city. Wait till, till you receive the Holy Spirit, and then you can go. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth. So many times we have a dream, but the dream's not on fire. It's an idea. It's a concept. And we run ahead of God and do it in our own strength. But we're cold. There's no burning. Our heart's not a torch. It just likes dreams. And a dream on fire waits on God's timing and waits till it's been lit up by God where the Holy Spirit comes and says, Shashami. <laughs> Woo! And it's not, it's, hey, listen to this. I, I talk to a lot of people that says, we really need to get out of the walls of the church and do something. I 100 billion percent agree. We've got to get out of the walls. But just getting out of the walls in theory is not what the world needs most. That would just set us up for failure. What we need is to get out of the walls on fire. Yeah. And in fact, I would say this. When you've got a dreamer that's on fire, filled up, with, filled up with the fire of God, you won't be able to keep that person in the walls. So what we're looking for is we, we, we want somebody to organize our out-of-the-walls experience. But what the Holy Spirit comes is he sets you on fire so you forgot there were walls and you run to the desperate. And you run to the needy. And nobody can stop you. It's not simply about getting outside of the walls. It's about possessing a fire. That has to be somebody's dream. God, I want to burn so much for you. I want the gospel to be such honey on my lips. 
I want the name of Jesus to be so powerful to me that I cannot shut up. I cannot be stopped. You put me in jail, I preach in jail. You don't put me in jail, I preach in Walmart. Like, wherever I go, stop signs, wave. I, I just, you cannot stop a dream on fire. So I think many of us have, have taken the dream. We say, oh, that's a God dream. But you have to wait for it to be filled with fire for it to work. So I think that many of us would say, hey, God, I've got this dream. I've got this concept. I've got this life. But I really don't even care about you. Not much. <laughs> Not in the kind of way that would change my life. Will you come supply fire to this dream? And I promise you he will. I know from personal experience. Anytime I prayed like that, God was quick to come. We need that again. Dreams on fire. We need great commission dreams. Man, what an invitation that God gives us. God says, I'm saving people. That is my mission on the earth. Jesus said, I came that they would have life and have it to the full. I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the sick, Jesus says. And then, he, then he, he has this dream of, of taking over the whole world with the gospel message and with the love of the Father and, and with the, the sacrifice of Jesus and with the resurrection of Jesus and with the fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm taking over the world and he invites us into it. And he, the invitation is go into all the world and make disciples. Go, go. Once you're on fire, you've got to go. It's a great commission dream. My dreams are, uh, today, my dreams are much, 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 much more simple my dreams are just possess a fire and be turned loose. My dreams are much more simple. It's, it's uh, I want to see people getting saved and baptized and healed and delivered and built up and encouraged in the faith and turned loose. I don't have dream, grandiose dreams, buildings or all kinds of things. I really don't. I have grandiose dreams of a church on fire. That, that cannot be stopped no matter what facility we meet, we meet in. That is, I, I, my, my dreams are that we would always be faced with great problems and the great problems are people that are so on fire, they're, they're, you know, they're, causing, they're, they're causing so many fires. Oh, what are we gonna do about chairs? What are we gonna do about children's ministry? What are we gonna do about the, the, the room is too small and we just build it? Those are the kind of dreams that I have. A long time ago, I was able, able to sacrifice the, the dream about being feel, uh, feeling good about a big crowd. B big crowds <laughs> eventually don't make you feel good. <laughs> you have to read between the lines. I've learned that. I would rather have a, a small crowd that turns into a big crowd because of the gospel, not because we do church better. I, that's, that's my dream. I want to see, there, there's people that are saved that don't know who they are. I want to see people knowing their identity in Jesus. Do you know that? There's people that are living like slaves when they're sons. There's people that are living in bondage when they're daughters of the kingdom. I want to see those people um, knowing who they are. I want to see people healed. There's people walking around that have never been prayed for. <laughs> never been prayed for. Shouldn't it be illegal to come to church and have an ailment and not be prayed for. God's inviting us to see need and see hurt and see pain and see sadness and see sickness and begin to pray for them. Well, what if I get it wrong? Well, what if you do? So what? If parents operated like that with their kids, the kids would never be cared for. We just have to do our best 
We have to have ears that are attentive to heaven. I just, I want to see people built up. People don't grow by shame and being torn down. People that the Bible actually tells us, build one another up in the faith. How, how do we grow in the faith? We get built in the faith, encouragement, consolation, speaking proper identity, speaking proper truth, and it's truth in love. If you read 2 Thessalonians, I just, this one slapped me upside the face this week. I have to turn there because I wasn't planning on sharing it. Oh man, now I can't find it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Listen to this. This will be fresh building for you. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you, guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things that we commanded. Now Paul says, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. How do we have faith that you're going to do what we've commanded you to do? Well, if your hearts are being directed to the love of God and the steadfastness of Jesus, we believe you can do anything. This is the secret. It's not trying, it's receiving. And then giving from that receiving. It's Great Commission dreams. You guys ever heard of uh, the Moravians? Ever heard of them? These wild fiery-eyed evangelists, missionaries that lived in community. I want to, I want God to pour out Moravian dreams. And here's what those Moravian dreams are. It's the Moravians kind of sprung to life during the Enlightenment. And in the Enlightenment, way back, there was much, you know, there's, there's always been this countercultural, this counterculture to the kingdom in every generation. Okay, it's not just us. The church has survived great throughout history facing what we're facing today. But during the Enlightenment, the, all of the focus, all of the emphasis was on understanding and science and the ability to think and reason. And the Moravians came along and they, they possessed a relationship with Jesus that, that, that shot that mentality in the chest. And they said, Christianity, following Jesus, is first and foremost a religion of the heart. It doesn't matter what you believe in your mind if it hasn't made it to your heart. And this, this Christianity of the heart influenced their dreams. Their dreams were completely informed by the finished work of Christ on the cross. They weren't trying to make themselves look famous at all. They had dedicated their lives to the fame of Jesus, to the name of Jesus in the nations hundreds of years ago before there's electronics before there's anything. We're making Jesus famous with our lives. They raised their kids to be missionaries. They, they, they didn't, all of them could preach. All of them could be the pastor. All of them were trained. All of them, they just, they didn't, people weren't impressive. People were honored and liked and loved and valued, but they weren't impressive to them. They weren't looking for people. They'd found the man. And they had this simple vision to take the gospel message of Jesus to the nations. And so one day they heard that there's this little island in the Caribbean, now this is hundreds of years ago, this little island in the Caribbean named St. Thomas. And St. Thomas was being used 
There's a whole lot of atrocious acts of slavery going on on the island of St. Thomas. And so two young Moravian men sold themselves into slavery to evangelize slaves in St. Thomas. And as they were getting on the boat that was sailing to St. Thomas, now, now they are legally not their own. They had legally been bought by another human being. It's ridiculous. But they did that for the sake of the gospel. And as the boat is sailing away, the, the, they turn to the whole church that came to watch them leave. And they turned to the church and they proclaimed, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. This is all they cared about. My life is not an ambition to have a great retirement so where I can move somewhere easy. My whole life is about the lamb that I treasure and serve and want and follow, receiving the reward of his suffering. And that's people. He paid for us. And he wants us. And people like the Moravians gave their whole lives to that. And I want us to have Moravian dreams. Wild. Countercultural. Crazy. People aren't going to like them. People are going to thumb their nose at them. People are going to give the finger to them. People are going to comment on them all over social media. You don't care about your family. You don't care about anything besides this weird dream. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. What's that? Return to earth. Get your head out of the clouds. Get on something that can help you be a normal human being. But the problem is Christians aren't normal. Christians have had hearts that have been captured and captivated by Jesus. Christians should have a, the fire of God in them burning like a torch. And this is what God is inviting us into. I really think that some of you right now, what you really need to do is, is I think there's two groups of people here. There's a, group of, there's a group of us, and maybe you're watching, or maybe you're here, and you like Jesus, but you don't actually really know him. You, you, you're fine with him. You actually think he's exemplary. You think he's actually kind of cool. You picture him in his mind, well, he looks a lot like Caleb. <laughs> How can you not like that? But you've never given your life to him. You've never received his righteousness. You're still trying to offer him yours. That's just not Christianity. That's the antithesis of it. He doesn't need your righteousness. He's died to give you his. You've never received it. And this morning, some of you can say, hey, Jesus I'm tired of working for you. You've never asked me to do that. You died so I can live. And this is a free gift. And I receive it right now through faith. I receive it. And then some of us, we have done that. But we, we have been trying so hard to dream with God and to do for God. And what we haven't received is a burning fire in our hearts. We're wondering. It's like doing ministry without the fire of the Holy Spirit is like trying to vacuum without it being plugged in. You know, I'm working so hard, and then you get angry at Jesus. I'm working so hard, I'm working so hard. He, Jesus will just remind you, didn't I tell you to tarry in Jerusalem until I send the counselor? That would supply everything that you need? That supplies the, the, the power to the dream? Oh, yeah. So I would say some of you need to get on your knees, and you need to wait for hours. 
for God to show up in your life and to change you from the inside out and give you the, the power of God inside of you instead of your best efforts. Because that's exhausting and you never make it. So I, I'm inviting you to the very simple kind of dream where you make Jesus your treasure and you sacrifice your whole life and your whole future to him because he has a better dream for you. And then you say, if you're calling me into a future, I will go. You just must supply the strength and the power and the energy to go. It's as simple as that. It's, it's absolute crazy desperation on God, for God, all the time. It's the kind of person I want to be. It's the kind of church I want to be. Wild, weird. I always want flag waivers. I want a hundred more. I want people all over. I, I, want, I want to be hard to walk through Providence. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. That was, was that a finger? I'm really sorry. I'm just like, there's so many people. It's just like, we, the stains here aren't coffee. They're tears. This man, I, I just, the kind of church that, that loves Jesus more than, than we care about other opinions. That's the kind of church. This is, and, and this is not wild. This is just real. This is just the kind of life that Jesus has called us into. And so listen, Father is lovingly bringing you on his lap and saying, I've got a better dream, way better dream. I know you've got some good ones. I'm gonna shoot Holy Spirit steroids into those and you can have them too. They're just not big enough on your own. They're just not dangerous enough on your own. So I wonder this morning how many of us um, need, need to maybe for the first time in a long time say, God, I let dreams die. God, I've been trying to dream and I, I'm not even a Christian. My parents are. I'm not. Thought I was because my parents are. But let's make it personal. And some of you just need to say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you're not the enemy. I welcome you into my life. And he wants to come. If you read through the book of Acts, when people got together and the Holy Spirit showed up, um, they, that's when the party started, yo. Like, what, you, want, you want a party? You want to have fun? There's joy from heaven that can be yours. There's an infusing of things not of this world that you can experience and that you need to walk in the dreams that God has over your life. So I'm just going to ask uh, you all here this morning, and uh, if, if you're here and you're one of the leaders, in just a few minutes, just want to invite you to, to the front to pray for people. I want us to kind of, you know, as much as we can, you know, just respect people's, you know, distance and things like that. But prayer and the heart of God can span any distance. And so, but Lord, this morning, I just pray that you would genuinely, just genuinely, for real, God, don't, don't just give us goosebumps give us your heart again. God, dreams that have died, reactivate, and then, then fill our hearts and our lives. I pray that people would be saved here this morning, that people would be amazed here this morning by the goodness of God. And I pray that people would be invited into your heart this morning, Father, uh, in ways like they never have. So God, thank you for this church and thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for uh, the great plans of a great future that you, have, <laughs> that you have for us, God. We bless you. We want you. We surrender ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org. 